everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being for busy working moms and women in business and beyond who are seeking to unplug from their worries and overwhelm to light up with insight and joy. I, your host, mom, and effortless lifestyle coach, Marina Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners, and creatives about what it really takes to have a business and life you can truly enjoy. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Marina Pearson or my Facebook group, The Joy of Being. And if you'd like a more personalized touch to live a stress-free life, then why not find out more about The Joy of Being Retreat, an intimate four-day profound experience at a luxury venue in Javier, Spain, where you get to experience your inner calm and peace of mind by slowing down and making space. To find out more, email me at marina, marinapearson.com with Joy of Being Retreat in the title. So on today's show, I have the amazing guest, Katia Sarmiento. Katia runs her business, reachandmakemillions.com, where she helps successful, high-achieving CEOs systemize and scale their online business for more freedom, profit, and peace of mind. Katia also started a bot education company that generated over six figures in revenue the first three months of starting, and then went on to sell the company five months later. She's now on a mission to help and hard-working business owners create their own scalable and sellable business. So what I loved about this conversation with Katya was about releasing our inner control freak. Um, yes, we've had a few on the, on the show where we've talked about systems and processes, but this one was really about the inner work where we needed to just let go of this control freak and let the control freak sit in the passenger seat while we actually do the driving. Because I know that when we think that we need to control everything, we're actually our own worst enemy. In fact, we stop the very thing that we want to grow, which is the business and the money. So if you know or have an inkling that you have a control freak that is playing the game, taking over the role of your CEO, then come join us because you might actually have a few light bulb moments during this conversation as I did. So, see you on the other side. So, Katia, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Uh, Gosh, we spoke about... I don't know, maybe about a month ago, maybe so. And yeah. um, what I really heard with what you were saying is um, how much, how important it is to tame our inner control freak. So welcome, Katia. I'm really excited to dig in more deeply into this topic. Me too. I have a lot of, a lot of stories to tell about this. <laughs> I'm sure you do because you work in it. So yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious, what got you, what sparked your interest in the line of work that you do? Oh, that's actually a good question. Um, Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Right off the bat. Um, (laughs) So uh, I think, to be very honest with you, I fell into my work by accident. Um, I've always been into technology and into I just naturally systemize things. I never noticed this until maybe even I've been doing this since 2012, but I didn't even realize how naturally I systemize things until last year when my friend came to visit and he pointed out, he's like, Kat, you systemize everything. 
even your life. <laughs> it's a little crazy. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, of course, with being super systematic, there comes the perfectionism and the control freak stuff. So it's like, I feel like I, I ended up being the perfect person to help other people systemize things. Cause if you look at just who I am and if you look at all the, like, you know, I love personality tests. So if you look at my Colby score, if you, if you look at my personality test, it is like the, the opposite of a systematic systemized person. And so people are usually like, how, how are you so into systems? Like this, this doesn't make sense with who you are. And I'm like, that's, that's why I'm into systems because I need that structure to grow. And I know that, and to get to the next level, I know I need to be systematic and strategic, but I don't like routine and I don't like structure and I get bored really easy. I'm very creative and I'm very, I'm very multi-passionate. So I actually rely on the systems to help me and to take care of me and to let me thrive. And so that's basically what I do for people and more, more specifically online service-based businesses. Um, I help them set up the right systems and structure in their business and it never looks the same. I don't do a formula or like a like template or whatever. Like I, I, I actually look at who this person is and what this business looks like and what their vision is and, and set up custom systems for them. And obviously that helps them make more money. But it also gives them a lot of freedom of time, of energy, of bandwidth, of who they are. They get to be truly who they are. And that's just so important to me. And I, I just, I kind of fell into this work. It just started happening. I, I noticed that people needed this. And so I helped them with it. <laughs> Bless you. So I'm curious, actually, I'm curious about... Um, what are the, some of the unexpected resistances that you've had? Because to me, it seems totally and utterly logical that you would create systems and processes so that you can do focus on the stuff that's going to make you money or even just, you know, f- focus on having an afternoon off um, and buying some ice cream and sitting in the sun. So <laughs> to me, that sounds delightful. And I would imagine that that's a service that everybody wants. Uh, but I'm also aware of the fact that there might be people that think they want that, but actually their behavior says something different. Can you say something Mm -hmm. about that? Yes. So, you know, usually systems aren't sexy. There's a lot of the, you know, like in, in the current day, what people market is like make six figures in 60 days and make a ton of money and build a marketing funnel and all that stuff. Right. And that's, that sounds sexy and that sounds exciting and it's a shiny object. And so usually people are happier to invest in that because they think they're, they're going to get a quicker return. And it's kind of like instant gratification. Like they see the immediate return versus working, working on systems is working on a long-term plan. It's building something that's going to last. It's building something that's sustainable and it's going to take time. Like it's not going to happen overnight and you're not going to see immediate returns. Um, on top of that, that it, like when we don't have the instant, instant gratification of it, it's also like, it's usually the challenging stuff that comes up. It's like, okay, and I have to hire a team and I have to let go of things and I have to be a CEO. What does that mean? And I have to take care of other people and I have to have more responsibilities and I have to spend more time. And all of this stuff starts coming up. And what people don't realize is that, first of all, it's a lot simpler than we make it out to be. 
uh, we just come up with a lot of stories. And trust me, I've been there, done that. I've created fantastic, dramatic stories about a lot of things in business, um, including, you know, like, oh, everything, like my entire business is going to completely implode because I, I might hire the wrong person. <laughs> or, or like, this is, this is like, it, I do it so well that I cannot outsource this to anybody else because no one ever would ever be able to do this as well as I do it. Like a bunch of stories. I've, I've said them all to myself. I've used them all as excuses. So and no judgment there, but it's, it, it, it starts becoming, um, it, it's, it's, it's something that's out of people's comfort zones because no one has given us an online business manual. No one has told us this is how you run a business and this is how you grow it. And this is how you hire a team and this is how you do things. Right. And there's never going to be a business manual because everyone's business is different and every person's personality and way of being in the world is different. And so it's going to look pretty unique for each business. And it, it takes work and effort and time to actually slow down and stop chasing shiny objects and be like, okay, what do I really want here? What does my dream business look like? What is my vision? What's the legacy and the impact that I want to create? And how am I going to reverse engineer that? And it's even tougher to bring somebody in. This is another piece of resistance that I get is to bring somebody into the mess. Everyone thinks that they're the biggest mess I've ever seen. <laughs> they're like, oh, you're, you're, you're going to judge me because I like, I'm just such a mess. Everything is so chaotic. It's probably, I'm probably the worst client you've ever had. And yeah, sometimes when I talk to people on the phone, what they say isn't what matches what's actually going on. It's, it's usually a little bit messier than what they say. Um, and it's usually a little bit more chaotic and a little bit more disorganized, but it's never something that's not fixable. And I think people think that they're just not fixable and that their situations are impossible to deal with and to manage. Um, but that's never the case. And it is possible. And it, it, it requires getting out of your comfort zone and it requires doing things that are different because if you want different results, you've got to do something different. Um, and it requires a lot of letting go and unlearning uh, because we've been taught a lot of things in the online world, online marketing world as far as like what we should do and who we should be and what tools we should be using and how we should be running our businesses. We should be doing launches and we should be doing whatever. Right. And we need to let go of all of that. We need to let go of what we think we should be doing and we need to tap into what we really want and what, how we want this to look like and build that. And that's usually the hardest thing that I have to do with my clients. It's not setting up the systems. It's not cleaning up any messes. It's, it's like figuring out, helping them, actually pulling out of them of, of what they actually want. Because usually it's like, well, I don't, I don't think we can make this happen. Or I, I don't know. It's, it's kinda, it kind of ends up being like, can I do this? Do I deserve this? And like, the answer is yes, of course you can. Um, but that's usually the resistance that I see. And I have to, I have to pull that out of them, pull out that vision and that desire with all of the resistance and outside noise and, 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 and uncomfortableness and uncertainty.
Yeah, that's really unpacked it for me, actually. Um, I'd never really thought about the fact that, you know, um, that it would be such a huge change. But of course it is because you're going from being in the business, being the artist, as it were, to being the art dealer. So actually putting your business hat on as opposed to putting your technician hat on, um, taking it off and actually becoming a manager. And then um, also if you decide to have a manager, then becoming the person that is actually the business owner. So they're all very different skills. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, I did a, a LinkedIn video about this very thing of, of why we don't want to let go of our businesses. Um, or at least why we did, we, we, you know, the why, the why you would want to systemize and process your business in the first place. And, um, I realized something, I realized that, um, when we're not clear on what we would do with that time that we would give ourselves, it's very easy to just then go, well, what would I do with that time? I guess I would just keep working or, mm-hmm. um, so I'm curious about that. Actually, have you found that to be true that once they have time, then they, they, do they enjoy it or is it, <laughs> are they even resistant to that, to actually having the time and something's wrong? Yeah, so (laughs) usually with my clients, this is what happens, especially my one-on-one clients, because I'm usually doing it all for them. I'm setting up all the systems. I'm doing the bulk of the work and helping them hire help (laughs) when we finish. Um, Or let me me paint the picture beforehand. So before, like when people come to me, it's usually when everything is on fire. Things are breaking. Team members that they currently have aren't doing things correctly or well or in a timely manner um they have an important launch coming up or something's coming up and they need to have their stuff together right and they just don't so I usually come in and um I audit their business I check to see what's not working what is working and then I set up systems to do more of what's working and to do less of what's not working right that's the simplest way I could put that um because of course, like the actual systems and processes and structure looks different for everyone. And then, so at the end, usually like once we've gone through that process and some, some, it, it takes like three to six months, sometimes more, but once they've gone through that process and they have the systems and processes, they have the team members and they're just managing it. And usually people think that managing a team takes a lot of time and work, but it with, doing it the right way it doesn't um or at least the way that I've <laughs> helped my clients it doesn't take that much time and so they they go from working like 60 hour weeks 80 hour weeks to maybe working a couple of hours per day and it is such a drastic change that I I do notice that a lot of people are um, well, the first thing is they start creating problems for themselves. They start finding <laughs> shiny objects. They start finding new projects that they want to start. And it's kind of like this, like they start breaking things. They start breaking things that are working and they start doubting. And they're like, I, I don't know. I think we should do something different. And they want to, they want to change directions. And luckily at this point, they've paid me and I'm still working with them. So I say, no, <laughs> 
Um, and I, I have to really rein people in because I, I, sometimes I have to kick people out of their business. I'm like, no, like take a month off. Stop doing this. Everything's working right now. Give it some time. It's not. And I think it's because like, you know, we're so used to that shiny object and we're so used to like the six figure launch, like quick paydays and stuff like that, which are that's those are usually great. Yeah, of course, it's nice to make six figures in in a a week or two in a launch, but it's even better to have exponential growth over time, consistent exponential growth, whether you show up or not, whether you're doing work in the business or not that is even better because that's actually sustainable. And so when people see this, when they see like they don't have to do anything, the team has got it. The clients are being taken care of. Their in their bank account is growing slowly, but surely and very consistently. And I think it's kind of like this freak out moment of like, wow, everything is good. Okay. Let me break something. Cause this is uncomfortable. <laughs> like sitting with like things can actually be good. And I've experienced this like multiple times and I've totally self-sabotaged myself it, not just in business, but like, I think I do that more in my health. I'm like, wow, I actually don't have any pain in my body and I actually feel good. Let me go do something. Let me go eat a whole bucket of ice cream and make my feel myself feel bad. <laughs> So I think we all like naturally do this. Like when things feel too good, like I feel like we have like a glass ceiling of how much goodness we allow ourselves to feel. Mm. And oh man, it, it sometimes it feels really difficult to break, but we've got to because it's it, like it can feel good and it can be good for a long time. And so after that period where they're like they want to break everything and they they start creating problems, and it's not like they're doing it on purpose. They just it's just kind of. like it just kind of unintentionally happens because that's what they're used to they're used to first off as as entrepreneurs we like solving problems so we do need to have problems to solve we just need to put that creativity and problem solving in a different area not in growing the business like right like we can we can strategize uh, new ways to get more clients and to get more like to do more marketing and get more clients and, and cash flow but not like behind the scenes of actually serving the clients or technically like the systems and processes because at then at that point we're breaking something that's working at least for my clients because we've already set it up we've already tested it it's already working right or it's team members, right? I, I see a lot of people just start being like, this person's not a good team member and we need to fire them. I'm like, well, why? And they're like, they're not, they're not doing good work. They're not doing, they're not working enough hours. I'm like, okay, if we look at our dashboard with all of our metrics, what you're saying doesn't really line up. <laughs> so what's really going on here? And I, I, I just don't, I, I get a bad feeling of it. You know, like, so like things like that, like that's not a problem to solve, you know? Uh, and it happens. It happens to the best of us. And it happens uh, very often because it's, it's, it, it's that glass ceiling. And then after that, usually I have to kick people out if they're really, really bad. But sometimes people can rein themselves in and notice that they're creating this. And they, they, I'm not a mindset coach. Like I can talk about mindset, but I, I, I usually tell people go off, talk to a mindset coach. <laughs> um, the next hurdle to overcome is boredom. so once they've realized there are no problems to solve no fires to put out no chaos to manage and they start you know getting a creative with other areas 
they start getting bored because that creativity, they only need to spend a couple of hours per day on it. They don't they, it, like, they don't need to do a lot of work in the business. So now they're like, well, what do I do with myself? I'm kind of bored. And I get that. Like after that point, I get, it's like, I, I am very bored. I want something to do. I'm like, good. This is usually the time where I go back to the first call I ever have with people. And it's funny because people think, that I'm doing a sales call, which yes, it is a sales call because if it's a good fit, I will enroll them into something. If, it, if they feel like they, it's a good fit for my job on the sales call is to figure out if this is a good fit and I can actually help them. And I always ask people if they have any other side passions or projects that they've been wanting to work on for such a long time, but they haven't had the time to do it because that's usually the case. They don't have time at that point. And then, so um, people don't realize that I, I record those calls and I keep that because that is my direction to give to them. And so when they're telling me I'm bored, I say, good. Okay. I go back to their first initial sales call with me and I say, listen to this on our sales call. The first time we ever spoke, you said that you really wanted to help teens that um, are going into college and don't know what they want to do with their lives. And you want them to know about entrepreneurship. So why don't you start doing some volunteering there? And why don't you start doing working on that? And they're like, Oh, I forgot about that. I'm like, yeah. And then, or I'll be like, Hey, you know, you told me that, um, this is actually for me. It's like, you know, you've told me, you've told me so many times that you want to learn to play piano, go learn to play piano. And they're like, can I do that? That's not working on a business venture. That's not making money. I'm like, yeah, you don't always have to be making money. You could actually be having fun with your life. You've told me that you've wanted to travel to Spain, go to Spain for a month, take a whole month off. And they're like, can I really do that? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's sometimes like, ends up like, first off, I have to remind people that it's like, Hey, if you're bored, you have stuff to do. Kind of reminds me of like when I was a kid and I used to tell my mom I was bored and she's like, great, I'll give you a bunch of chores. I'm like, no, thanks. I just found a ton of things to do. <laughs> I am booked up for the day. Um, but really it's like, I have to help people look. It's like, Hey, you said you wanted to do all these things. You, ha- you, and now you can do those things. And it's just a weird concept for people because we're just, I think we're addicted to busy. And I think we're addicted to work, which is a good thing. It, it definitely um, helps because, you know, you, you probably wouldn't be successful if you didn't put all of your hard work and effort and drive and ambition into this. And like there comes a point in business where you get to do only the things that you are good at and you, could, you get to do them because you get to do them, not because you should or not because you have to. You have the support doing all the other things that you don't like to do. You have the support to do the things that you're good at as well. So you actually don't have to show up in your business to make more money and to grow it. You can't show up if you want to, but now also people can enjoy their lives and they can spend time with family. They can travel. They can do little passion projects that aren't monetized, right? And that's such a weird concept for people. And I think it's because we have glorified hustle in this online world. And we've glorified the work, like hustle, hustle, grind, grind, work a ton of hours, drink a ton of coffee, uh, you know, and that's, that's not sustainable though. Um, and my clients realize that really fast when, when working with me. Um, and it, that's, that's probably the biggest hurdle that they have to get over is, is their own mindset about work. 
work-life balance? Like, what does that actually look like for them? And, and how many hours do they want to work? Not how many hours did somebody say you have to work, right? Cause like people like, you know, the things like you have to wake up at four in the morning to be successful. Like, no, you don't like all of the rules that you've heard. They don't apply to you unless they apply to you. So if waking up at 4 a.m. doesn't work for you, then don't wake up at 4 a.m. Wake up at 12, whatever you want to do. <laughs> if 4 a.m. works for you, then wake up at 4 a.m., right? So it's a matter of finding, like, what is it that works for you? Um, what is it that you actually want? Comes back to that question always, always, always. What do you want? And that's really hard for people because it's like we put other uh, other. Uh, people on pedestals, you know, the gurus and the speakers, we put them on pedestals and it's like, well, they became successful by working 60 hour weeks. So maybe that's what I have to do. Or they got successful because, you know, they um, like wake up at four in the morning or they got successful because they built like five businesses. So I'm going to build five businesses, even though like (laughs) that's not really sustainable for them and that's not really going to work. So you have to take a good look of like what what do you actually want your schedule to look like? What do you actually want to be spending your time on? I want to spend all of my time on my business. I know it. I know it. But I can't do that because that's not sustainable. I need to fill up my own cup. I need to spend time eating and sleeping and taking care of myself and spending time with my boyfriend. And my mom just moved up here to Georgia. Uh, we both used to live in Miami. I moved here two years ago. She just moved here a couple weeks ago. Um, I want to spend time with my mom and my cats, my two cats. Um, I want to go outside and walk in nature. I want to go snowboarding and kayaking. I want to travel. I want to go to Paris. Uh, you know, there's things I want to do. And if I'm sitting here saying, no, 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 I need to work on my business. That's the priority. I need to spend all my time and energy thinking and being and doing in my business. That's not sustainable at all. Um, yeah, that's where we need to let go. Yeah, I've read, you know, there's so much in what you said. <laughs> I know, I went off on a tangent there. I went and, I went and had a cup of coffee and came back. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things that really struck me when you were talking was a few things that you said that, that kind of go back to the same thing. Um what I've seen over the last few years, and I don't know if this, this kind of resonates or, or rings true for you, is that our minds are so preoccupied. Like they're really preoccupied with things to think about or really preoccupied with overthinking about stuff in general. And I often wonder whether the fear is actually not uh, the change but more to do with, oh my God, I'd have to actually be with myself, like be with my own inner voice, be with my thinking. At least if I'm distracted, I don't have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. So actually, uh, yeah. Yes. And this idea of, 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 um, doing, doing, doing and busy, 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 being addicted to busy. What I've, I kind of reflected on it and I was wondering whether it's actually we're addicted to our busy thinking, um, which, which basically then comes out in being busy. 
And what I've noticed is, is when we slow down and we learn to slow down and we learn to give space and time to things, we don't rush around like blue ass flies. I mean, I could never go back to live in London or do the things I used to do, which is like take trains in the morning at nine o'clock going from where into London and, and, and rushing around and going to meetings. I, I just, it just makes my stomach wrench. Um, and that's not to say that I wouldn't do it. It's just, I've, I've acquired a very different preference to how I want to work. You know, I occasionally go for a nap in the afternoon. <laughs> Um, I make my lunch, I sit down, I actually have a conversation with my partner if he's around, or if not, um, yeah, I, I will just take a nap if I need, if I need it. Um, there's a lot more listening to the self. And, you know, when you were talking about how uh, you've got a job as opposed to an asset, and that asset being the business that basically creates for you, um, regardless of whether you're there or not. Um, and to be able to sustain that sort of sense of happiness. I think that's so true. I loved what you said about that, Katia, this idea that um, like there's something wrong because I'm actually enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think people feel guilty not working on their business. Yeah. I know I've felt it and I know I've seen my clients feel it. They feel guilty spending time on themselves. But that's crazy because actually the guilt in and of itself is just letting you know that you're living in the guilty thinking. It's not letting you know about what you're up to. And I find that really interesting because it's not something that um, is just one person. no. I've seen this time and time again. I'm sure that you have Cassia with the work that you do, which you've just said. So it's like guilt. And what is your take on this? Like what, what stops us from just being able to enjoy, enjoy our life? Um, because actually that's what we're here for. We're here to just yeah. enjoy our life. I know, but that's such a weird concept because no one talks mm. about that. No, they don't They're just, Think about, think about oh. growing up. It's like, I did. You grow, I know. Well, yes, you do. But it, it, yeah, well, sure. think about the, think about the programming that society has. It's like, we, we like go to school and the job isn't to enjoy yourself. The job is to get good grades. You have to get good grades. You have to pass. You, ha you got to go to elementary school. Then you need to go to middle school. Then you need to go to high school. Then you need to go to college. Once you go to college, you need to figure out what you want to do with your life, not how you want to enjoy your life and um, who you want to be in the world, but what degree you're going to take and what job you're going to get. And then after that, it's like, okay, now that you have the job, you need to find the, you know, you need, you need to find the one, <laughs> not the, like, who am I? And who, like, who, who am I as a person and who can I come together with and, and be together with in the world? No, it's like, okay, like, am I going to get married? Am I going to have kids? You know, like, am I going to provide for my family? It, it's like, like, just like, if, like, I feel like if you look at the way that people talk about life, it's always in a verb. It's always in like a doing language. It's always in an accomplishing way. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think it goes back to your, we need to slow down and give space and be with ourselves. And that is so uncomfortable. <laughs> and a quick story. Uh, I hired a coach 
for, I worked with her for two years, changed my life because I was looking for a business coach. I was, I was stuck making $8,000 a month. I could not pass that ceiling for some weird reason. Um, I had a full team. I had everything, you know, I'm really good at scaling a business, but for some reason I could not get past $8,000. And I hired her thinking she would help me with that. After I paid her, she was, we got on the phone and it's funny when you pay people, you actually listen more than when you work with somebody for free. <laughs> Cause if, if, if I hadn't paid her yet, I probably wouldn't have done this. But the first thing she told me on our first call was like, stop doing everything you're doing. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, stop doing things. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she's like, do nothing. I, I, I was, I was so confused. I was really confused. I'm like, what, what do you mean? I'm not going to make money. And she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, but what do you mean? I, I'm not going to get clients. And she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, this is crazy. But I listened because I paid a good amount of money <laughs> to get that advice. And I did nothing for a while. And it was really uncomfortable. Uh, this was like to the extreme. Um, but like, I, like I, I literally just woke up and just sat with myself all day long. It was, it was so difficult, but what I learned <laughs> and what my clients learned is that I was doing a lot of unnecessary things all throughout the day, all because of outside stimulus and noise and, and voices and advice. There's a lot of things that we're doing that are very unnecessary. Even if I didn't systemize my clients, even if I didn't set up processes, even if I didn't help them hire people, I can, I can usually come in and see what they're doing and be like, we can cut out 80% of this. And we do. That's actually, that, that is the first thing that I do because they, they do need to focus their time on the things that only like the, the, their zone of genius, the things that they like to do, the things that will grow the business, the things that they enjoy and everything else is unnecessary, unnecessary, busy work. And like, even to this day, like I still experience this. This isn't, this isn't something that you like, Oh, you set up systems and processes and you hire cat and then it magically goes away. Like, no, this is a consistent process of being with yourself. And I kind of, the way that I say it is like, I I put it like, I, I put that other part of me in the driver's seat. I mean, sorry, in the passenger seat, not the driver's seat. So like whenever I'm feeling perfectionism, whenever I'm feeling control freak come out or whenever I'm feeling like, oh, let me, let me ask this other person for their opinion or let me, let me do what this person said I should be doing when I'm shitting myself. I always say that to my boyfriend. Stop shitting yourself. Um, I'll, uh, I'll realize that that's, that's the driver of the car and I don't really like the destination. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Let me drive for a bit. You can go in the passenger seat enjoy the radio, listen to some music, have a great time, but I'm going to be the one driving. Uh, I'm going to pick the destination. Um, and it's real, it, it can be uncomfortable. And so like the other day, um, I'm, I'm making a, a pretty big decision right now. Uh, not like life changing decision, but it, it's pretty like it, impactful. And I found myself wanting to ask other people their opinions and their permission. And I found myself hearing my voice and my decision decision very, very clearly um, because I have practiced sitting and slowing down and, and being with myself and listening to my voice. 
And even though I've heard it, I still have that part of me that's like, well, maybe I should ask somebody else their opinion, or maybe I should, I should get, you know, some outside perspective, you know, because uh, maybe, maybe this isn't a good idea, or maybe, maybe this isn't going to work, right? Like all of the doubt and the fear and the uncertainty comes out and you just got to sit with it. And I know it's really just not fun, but it's, it's way better than avoiding it and going with it and believing it and buying the stories that you come up with, because then you're just perpetuating that. It's like building a muscle. You can either keep doing a workout that's going to hurt your body and not really like, you know, build your muscle, but actually break it. And, and, and like, just like, I've seen it. I've seen people going in, going to the gym, putting on heavy weights, squatting it in the worst form. And then I see them later complaining about their back pain, right? That's what we're doing when we're buying into those stories and we're like busy, 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 busy thinking, like, as you said, but also busy doing and not slowing down to really check in with what's going on. Right. Am I, am I doing this squat with good form? Am I, am I doing weights that are heavy enough to help me improve and grow, but not too heavy that it will hurt me? You know, it's it's like those little check-ins. It's like, what am I thinking about the situation? What am I thinking about myself? What am I believing? What am I doing here? Is this necessary? Is this something that's in alignment with me? Is this something I want? Like slowing down to ask those questions is not like something that people talk about. People talk about like accomplish this and do this and, you know, and so I think it's just, that's just what we've been used to and it's time to change it. And it's pretty, a pretty simple change. You just got to do it. (laughs) You got to remember to do it. You need to be aware of what's going on. Um, and that, that's why I love your work because you're, you're so good at helping people become aware of that with, with your scorecard. Um, but once you're aware, there's really no excuse. It's just, it's just continuous reminding and we're not perfect. And, and, you know, it's going to take time. Like even to this day, after working with a coach and after doing all of this work with myself, I still experience it. And that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of it. I don't think that's the goal because that feels very um, aggressive. I think we're just, you know, taming it, listening. Yeah. Taming it. Yes, exactly. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Taming it. (laughs) And, and, you know, I, I think we need to listen to it because it's usually full of great lessons. So for me, it's usually, Oh, wow. This is, this is an invitation to trust myself more because usually when I do great things happen and usually when I don't, not so great things happen. <laughs> right. Um, so there's usually a great lesson in it. Um, and some, uh, an invitation to grow and be more self-aware. And, um, this is like super woo woo, but you know, being with yourself and trusting your intuition. Um, and, and people are like, people are usually surprised when I talk about this because they're like, but systems and technology, and that's like, so like, you know, sciencey and you're talking about all this woo woo stuff, but it, it that, like, they go together. They definitely go together. You can't have one without the other. Well, everything's from the inside out. So, mm-hmm. um, what we do is based on what we think. So our behaviors are always going to be based on, um, 
are thinking in the moment. So you can't separate one from mm-hmm. the other. It's not like your behaviors are separate from you. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, they're just an indication of the type of thinking that you have in that moment. So, um, mm-hmm. you drop insecure thinking and you have a very different behavior that arises. I was talking to someone the other day about this. So yeah, I was on a, um, I was on a podcast and being interviewed about my sex life, which was really, really intriguing. Interesting. Yeah, it was very, it was very weird because at the end, <laughs> it was like, okay, well, that was interesting. Um, thanks. I've revealed everything to you, like the, you know, I like anal intercourse, but um, you don't even know what I like for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It was so funny, but it was interesting because I realised that. Um, and this is, you know, available to all of us that we can drop a lot of insecure thinking in a, in a moment based mm-hmm. on an insight we have in our heart and our realization. Mm-hmm. And when we get more quiet as a result of these aha moments, um, our behavior inevitably changes, but without any force, without any, um, sometimes we don't even notice until we're like, Oh, that's interesting. I'm not doing that thing anymore. Like I, I used to buy bottles of wine, you know, and, and have them at home. And I don't even, it doesn't even occur to me to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't even occur to me to, um, you know, overindulge in, in food anymore. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me anymore. So it's not even a, it wasn't even like a, a thing that I did. Um, and I've seen this with my clients as well where they have a realization about um, their control freak and uh, they're like, that that behavior makes no sense to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, it, there's a lot of hope because it basically means that we, we're able and it can see something new in, in, in a given moment that we may not have seen before. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious, actually, Katya. Mm-hmm. Uh, as time's almost up, which is a shame. But um, what are you? I would. I usually say, "Oh, what are you giving yourself permission to do more of?" But I'm actually going to ask it differently. I'm going to say, "What are you doing more of that really lights you up?" <laughs> I'm I'm doing more of me of my personal life. Um, because for a long time, and the reason I'm, I'm saying all of these things is because I have been through it myself. I have experienced it. I have done everything that my clients do. Uh, so I know, I know the other side of it. And for a long time, I prioritized my business over myself and my personal life in all ways, not just the time that I spent, but also the money that I spent. I would put all the money I made, I would put it back into the business. Um, huh. and and this, this included like when I moved up to Georgia, I decided to cheap, go cheap out on my living. And I found a really, really cheap apartment for a thousand a month. And that's where I was going to live. And it was completely furnished and it was a college town type of thing. Uh, cause my boyfriend was going to college and that was, that was my biggest lesson because after a year living there, I found out that there was toxic mold that was making me very sick in that apartment. And we had a roach infestation and everything was broken when we moved in. So it was just not a good situation. And that's what, that's when it hit me that I was like, wow, I was putting more money into my business and not enough into my personal life to the point where it made me sick. 
And so I completely changed. This was last year. It's been a year that I've been living in this new place that completely changed. Now my rent, my rent scares people (laughs) when they see it. Um, I'll just say, I don't, I don't care about saying specific numbers. It's, it's 3,305 a month, $33,305 for a two bedroom apartment. It's a high rise apartment. And people are like, why do you pay that much? 33,000? No, no, no. 3,300. Oh, did I say 3,000? 3,300. I'm like 3,305. No, 3,300. 3,000. And people are like, why do you pay that much? I'm like, well, why do we, why do we pay so much in business? Like, why do we put so much money into our business? It's like, oh, well, you know, you get a return of your investment. Like, you know, like when you invest money, you make more. I'm like, okay, show me your bank accounts. Show me exactly how much money you spend on your business and exactly how much ROI you get from that. Because usually it's just that we're spending a lot of money on unnecessary stuff. We're spending a lot of money on courses, not trusting that we already have all the resources and all the knowledge we need to do what we have to do in this world and contribute, contribute in the way that we need to contribute in this world. There, there's nothing we need to spend money on to be able to contribute and to change somebody's life and to help people. Nothing, nothing. We don't even need team. We don't even need systems to be able to contribute. We just go contribute and help people and make money for it. Right. And so once I had that realization, I started spending more money, obviously in in my, this is my dream apartment. This like to a T like four to ceiling windows, corner unit, like beautiful view of the sunset of, of the mountain on one side and the city of the other side and my own office space with a huge whiteboard. Like this is my, this was my dream for a long time. This is what I can finally call home. And I feel like I, I never had a place to call home growing up. It never felt like home and this is it, right? I'm spending money on that. I'm spending more time with my boyfriend. I'm spending more time doing the things that I love, playing piano, learning astrology, um, traveling, going out, hanging out with friends. Um, and, and I'm just doing more of me. And, 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 you know, I hired a chef, I hired a cleaner to take care of myself. People are like, that's so extravagant. That's like over the top. I'm like, no, it's not. I like a clean home. I'm allergic to dust. So I like, if I have to clean, I get sick. If, if people, if, if this isn't clean, I get sick. So I like to have my place clean. I like somebody else to do it. Who's passionate about cleaning. Cause I'm not. And I like ha- like having my meals prepped for the entire week that are healthy within my diet um, and working with somebody that's passionate about cooking. And I love that, Katya, because, you know, we often, it's like what you said, it's like you don't spend any money on your private life. Yeah. You spend money on your business and it's the same with that, which is your team at home. So I can totally relate to that. I have a key. And the ROI is joy. Yeah, yeah. The return of investment for all is joy. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. Like, of course I've built my team. I'm not saying I, I completely zeroed out all the money in my business and put it towards my personal life. Like, no, I balanced it because it wasn't balanced before. And, and that's where I needed to give myself permission before a year ago. That's, that was, I actually asked my bookkeeper, I'm like, can I do this? And she's like, why are you asking me? You know, you can, you see the numbers you can afford this. I'm like, yeah, but can I? <laughs> like I was, I was asking myself that. Right. And I balanced it out. And it's just like, 
obviously I have my team and I have my business and I have time there and I have, I've created the systems and the space to do that and to be able to take off. But it also just took that extra step of like, you know, let me go pay. I, I pay, um, a hundred dollars a month to get four blowouts a month. And people are like, well, why don't you just wash your hair at home? I'm like, I don't know. I just like going into a blowout place, talking to someone, having them do my hair all pretty. Cause I don't know how to curl my hair as well as they do. And it's like, well, why do you spend $500 doing your hair purple? I'm like, because I like it and it brings me joy. And so it's like, you see, it's just so easy to question expenses like that because people are like, oh, but that's such a waste of money. Or an indulgence. Yeah, right. And it's like, well, yeah, I want to indulge myself. I've worked really hard for a long time and I want to enjoy my life and I want to enjoy the luxuries that I have. And I appreciate them so much. I don't take it for granted. And uh, it's just such a weird concept for people because it, it, it's like the, the thing is like put money into the business, spend more time on your business, work your butt off. Uh, like maybe when you retire, you could do all those things. It's like, but why, why not now? Why are we going to wait till later to enjoy our life right now? (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. You know, we can often get stuck in the once I, then, then I'll do it. Um, Thank you, Kadia. It's been such a, a wonderful, wonderful experience to have you on the show today. And, you know, for those listeners that um, are wondering how to contact you, like they're, they're at a point now where they're like, I'm done. I know I don't want to work the 60 hours. I'm <laughs> done of having my control freak sitting in the uh, driving seat. Uh, I want to put my control freak in the passenger seat or maybe just like get my control freak to get out of the car and and, and, and run behind the car <laughs> or put them in the boot. Um, how can they contact you? Yes. Yeah, so uh, you can find me, Katia Sarmiento, across the board on all social media. Um, I usually answer more on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and there's also my website, reachandmakemillions.com where all of my social media is linked and you can contact us there, but I feel free to reach out. I'm always there to help. Um, especially, especially like if you're feeling really overwhelmed and burnt out and you have a lot of work in the business, I I can definitely help. Um, that's that those are the people that I help. And I just want you to know that there, there is a way out of that and it doesn't have to last forever. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Kadia. And so, yeah, just listen to what she said because she makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, thank you so much, Kadia. It was amazing. So, um, until the next episode, bye bye for now. Bye. And there you have it another wonderful episode of The Joy of Being. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? And if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life and feel carefree, then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst Scorecard at www.marinapearson.com slash scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Marina Pearson or my Facebook group, The Joy of Being. So until next week's episode, remember... You are the joy you seek.